0: Welcome to the Self-Made Mind Podcast. We'll be bringing you real-life, honest conversations with some of the world's elite performers, from sporting athletes to millionaire CEOs and everyone in between. Success leaves clues.
1: And it's now our mission to deliver these stories so you can start writing your own
0: self-made script. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode number six of the Self-Made Mind podcast. My name is Alex O'Keefe.
2: I am Craig Billington.
0: Nice one, Bill. Yeah, we've, we've got another another great episode for you for you this week. Uh, we interviewed a chap called Barry Lee Hay, MBE. Absolutely fantastic bloke. Um, sometimes I think you, you don't really know what to expect. We, you know, we've never spoken to these people before but they were genuinely a a really you know down-to-earth down-to-earth guy and we had a we had a really interesting chat with him Bill didn't we
2: yeah it was um it was really interesting and I think we'd both gone into it a little bit down because of what's been going on with lockdown and that and both came out of it like on fire ready to ready to (laughs) tap the day even though we'd recorded it at night we were ready to go I think but Yeah. yeah it was it was really good
0: yeah we don't like to be biased towards the guests, do we? But I think no. I think we both agreed that it was one of our favourite chats to date.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was. It was um, up there, you know. Yeah,
0: he's, so he's he's made a name for himself, particularly in in the business world. He's the managing director of Playdale Playgrounds, um, which was first off just a a family run business, and he's come in and made it a, a globally renowned company basically just through his i, th- I think for, for anyone that's listened to his previous shows the oscar Chilupski. i didn't think i'd meet anyone speak to anyone sorry as competitive as him and i think he probably rivals him on the competitiveness yeah. what what do you reckon
2: yeah he's uh he's a very competitive guy even though he's like obviously he's not as a renowned for his sports but he is just in, in daily life is is he wants to win at everything, yeah. and I think that's a yeah. it's a great attitude to yeah. what he's got going on. I think,
0: yeah, absolutely. Right, looking forward to sharing this one. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll stop yeah. talking now and let's get on. Let's get on with yeah. it. Okay, uh, a big welcome to Barry Lee here, MBE, to the Self Made Mind Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. That's all right, yeah. Um, me and myself, uh myself and uh, Craig are separate today because obviously we've we've just landed into lockdown free. Um I, I like to think these these chats are timeless, but you know, it's I suppose we've got to it's quite an important time in in the in the history of the world really. So I suppose we can we can bring it up. Um I mean yeah, how how are you doing, first of all, Barry? And And how has it affected you with with lockdown number three?
1: Well, uh, you know, well, thanks for asking because I think that's, you know, something that a lot of people don't often ask, you know, Mm. especially when you're a business leader, you don't get asked how you are, but uh, I appreciate you asking. I'm all right. It's a a stressful um, home life as I think the majority of people in the UK. I've got a daughter that's now homeschooling. I've got a mum who's, Got a full time job as well as as myself, and we're doing the juggling, and we've got grandparents involved and, and mm-hmm. stuff. And I think that's the biggest worry, and obviously you worry about the health of your family and your loved ones, and your you know, and all the mm-hmm. staff we've got. And that was our biggest concern at yeah. Playdale was to make sure everyone was safe and we're operating in safe systems, which yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Let's just say I've had plenty of practices. It might come out over the over the chat around crises. I'm I'm not one to waste a crisis. I'm not going to start saying I enjoy it because I mean that'd just be a little bit wrong, but <laughs> yeah. I do like it when you know we have to make things happen. So yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you run on
0: adrenaline, don't you? Mm. Yeah, mm. I think it, in in a way, I think it, it kind of forces you into action and and I think you have to adapt in these uh, situations. Um so yeah, I, I, I agree with you and I think Craig Craig will as well in it's yeah. uh it's a good time to learn about yourself and and your business as well. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, so I, we're obviously we're, we're we're really interested in in your personal journey, Barry. So if if you can kind of give us a compressed version of your life story, basically starting from your childhood, if that's all right. Yeah, I
1: love it how you say compressed. It must have been <laughs> been before. All right, so <laughs> I, I'm just a very normal, and I you know, and I stress this. I'm a working class lad. I was born in Wigan. All mm. right, I, uh, I hold that against my parents still, but, uh, <laughs> only because I'm a huge St. Helens rugby fan, and uh, I had all my life of being ridiculed by all my friends. But I, <laughs> my dad was a a, a miner, and it was a very working class. You you know we were I not mean, going to go and far saying we had you know no shoes or anything like that, but we didn't have a lot, mm. right? And I think. I, I learned very early doors about I was brought up very well. I was brought mm. up very well mannered and uh, a lot, a lot of discipline. Um, some would say maybe too much in the modern world, you know, but mm. I, I knew not to step out of line type thing. Mm. And I also knew that I wanted to achieve, I wanted to make my parents proud. My mum uh, uh, worked in management in the NHS mm. and, uh, you know, And we got by, I'm the eldest, so it's always my fault, uh, you know, and I've got a brother and sister, and uh, we didn't know, it It was very happy, Uh, we didn't know, we didn't have an awful lot, you know, I always joke about it, and my mum would swing for me if she listens to this, which she probably will, you know, but, (laughs) you know, we made made a kind of peach halves last two nights between five of us, and you're like, didn't think anything of it, you know, and stuff like that, it was... Yeah. But yeah, it was great. But which meant I was probably quite a skinny kid, right, by default. Mm. And uh, we were very active; we were always out. And uh, I think my first milestone is I discovered that I enjoyed running, uh, yeah. athletics, and at yeah. the age of seven. And I was very OCD as a child. Remember, would tell you, oh, I always used to line all my cars up, and they had to be perfect. And you know, I had I had issues there. They used to put me in the playpen and let my sister play outside of it, who was two years younger than me, so she didn't shrug <laughs> the, the cars. Like, <laughs> for me, But, mm-hmm. uh, no, and at the age of seven, I saw Seb Coe break the world record on TV. We were on holiday, I think, and he, he, he broke it 141.73. That record stood for about 30 years. Mm-hmm. And the 800 metres, and it was uh, June 1981. Um, and... I said to my dad, can I come out running with you the next day? They were real big fitness freaks, my mother and father, Mm -hmm. really. And, And he said, yeah, come out running with me. And I did. And then from there, I joined the local athletics club at the age of seven. And I'd be going five evenings a week. And my parents then dedicated their lives, literally dedicated their lives to running their children around clubs. And that was the start of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at one point, for the next 10 years, I wanted to be Sebastian Coe. And yeah. uh, someone should have told me around about age eight that I was never going to be good enough. But I was <laughs> uh, I was determined to do it. And, uh, you know, at one point we were training like 11, 12 times a week. Mornings, getting up, dad dropping me off on his way to work, running back before school. And it was great. You know, we were in mm-hmm. schools of excellence and, you know, we were competing at regional, national levels. But what that taught me was it gave me that work ethic. It gave me the, and what I didn't know. And if you ask me later about, you know, who would I read now? And, you know, I like the Gladwell books about 10,000 hours. And I know you guys are into your sport. And if you've not Mm -hmm. read them, you know, go and read Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. You know, come world class, you've got to do 10,000 hours. Well, I don't think I even did ten thousand hours all those years of running. Maybe I did, and I just didn't come world class. But <laughs> you know, I wasn't far off. But by then, it's you know, it's, it's that much of the, is the is the difference. Mm. And and that gave me that work ethic. I had to start work. I didn't have to start working. I started to deliver papers when I was thirteen. You say, why is that relevant? Well, I understood the value of money and what I could do with it. Mm-hmm. And I started to deliver five hundred papers, and I got five pounds for it
0: you know I've been there as well Barry yeah we've (laughs) all been there yeah it was a penny of paper and a penny of
1: leaflet and you know back then and you know what year we in now we're in 1987 or something like that when I started Mm. it Mm. you know and I was doing that and I was an academic I wasn't an academic that's a lie I
3: wasn't
1: um, I wasn't stupid I was in top sets at school but in a very average school Mm. and uh, I remember sitting in class at high school I was about 11 or 12, not in class, gone home one night and watched Blue Peter or something like that. And it said the top 10% of people at schools today only go to university. And that this OCD in me, and this competitive edge, and I don't like losing. I used to sit in class and say, right, there's 30 people in here. I've got to be in the top three to go to university. And no one in our family had ever gone to university. So I had this, I've just always got this desire to. To better myself and mm. and work hard at it so i'd study hard as well you know yeah. along with training and everything else and and i tell people now i say i work an 80 hour week every week and i have done for 25 years and, and they roll their eyes and go whatever or of course you do or well that's not healthy well you know what it might not be healthy but it's who i am and it's been ingrained into me mm. you know getting up at whatever time going running going to school Getting home, delivering papers, going training, doing my homework. You know, it from a very, very early age. And I think you carry that on. Or I've definitely carried it on yeah. through your yeah. life, wherever your grounding is. Mm. So yeah, brought up in Wigan, went to college in Wigan, went off to university. Um, I went, I started at the University of Sunderland in the Northeast, and I did sports science. And I wanted to be the best exercise sports scientist in the UK. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I did really well on my course, and at the end of the, well, not at the end, by by the first quarter of the course, I did a level PE. I got an A. I got, I was rated in the UK at that. You get a note you know. I, I lived it. I lived sport. Yeah, sport. I was cricket, basketball, rugby. Played, you know, played an awful lot of rugby. And uh, so I wanted to do the best that I could do there, and I got the opportunity to go to the US. And um, right. I got a scholarship, an academic scholarship, to go to the American College of Sports Medicine, right. which is in South Georgia, which is, was a phenomenal university. Mm. Yeah. Unbelievable. I was lucky enough to, when I came out of university, I used to design and build health clubs and gyms. And we redid Melwood for Liverpool in right. 1997, 98, 98. Yeah. And uh, Michael Owen had his knee injury. And we put one... Ice kinetic testing machine in, in 98, 50,000 pound machine, right? The university I was at in 94 had nine of them, you know, and, and Liverpool's was supposedly the best training complex in Europe, you know, and after it opened, we're showing AC Milan around and Inter and you know, Barcelona, I think, came over, you know, yeah. their videos yeah. and stuff. My university, five, six years before, had 10 times the amount of Liverpool that. You know, So a year, that well, just over a year there, and it was the hardest year of my life, mm. uh, but it was amazing. So I got used to, I don't know, living away from home, and I'd always been on trips and stuff, so yeah. and I just grasped that opportunity, because I wanted to be better than everyone when I came back, and then I did my third year, and then I was lucky enough to get a scholarship, to do a master's on the back of it, because again, I sat there at university and looked around and went, right, there's... 40 odd people on this course. There's 20 courses around the UK. I'm gonna to have to go and do a master's if I want to be like you know in the top bracket type thing. And, and I've taught this about outperforming your competition at every opportunity.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I did a master's in it, and then I was lucky enough to uh, go working for a company called Technogym, which Technogym, if you go into any health club now, you'll probably see some Technogym equipment. Yeah, and they were the were second biggest thing in the world then they're now the biggest um and they were new to the uk and they were known as the biomedical science company then not the wellness company it was all about how we can get sports science into gyms and that's how i got onto to my business career really so that was me growing up it was it was extremely busy i like to say challenging but fun mm, brilliant yeah so,
2: yeah go on billy yeah the the um going back to the the ten thousand hours um the quote that you're talking about there i've i've actually read that book um it's an interesting quote because it is it talks about if you do 10,000 hours worth of training you are classed as um an elite athlete um but i think it's more of a case of um it could be in anything i see it as anything mm. like um 10,000 hours of training in anything you're going to be good at it personally.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, examples, I don't know which book it is, Tipping t- Outliers, I think 10,000 Hours is in. All right. Um well, his books are, are great, but it's, he it, it talks about the violinist, you know, the the nine-year-old Chinese violinist. Yeah. That's yeah. unbelievable. It talks about Wayne Gretzky, if I remember rightly, a lot about Ice
0: hockey. He
1: could read his ice hockey. Well, yeah. I take that now to business, and especially something, you know, like, Like Playdale, I immerse myself in Playdale for all these years. Yeah. And and you just, your gut, you've got, is it 3,000 or 30,000 nodes in your gut? And people say, you know, I go by gut feel. Yeah. Well, is it gut feel? It's 10,000 hours of knowledge that all those neurons just hit and you just know which way it's going. You know, be it a football or be it a business meeting, you know, or an individual in front of you if you you immerse yourself in something for a serious amount of time definitely yeah. i believe the uk culture doesn't have if you say you know how could we be better we excuse the pun we play at a lot of stuff we yeah. don't dedicate ourselves to stuff mm. then you, you 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 start to become elitist in that area
2: yeah yeah, yeah. That time is a massive is um i speak about time a lot and when i first opened my business it was always down to time and management because a lot of excuses these days are I don't have enough time. The amount of times people go, I don't have enough time and it's like 20 minutes to do, you know, a workout or eat yeah. something right or whatever. And I think a lot of people just say, I don't have enough time to get out at a lot of things. So yeah. time for me is a massive, a massive one in, in business as well as anything else. Yeah. Um, well, I think
1: you swap the word time for desire. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got yeah. the desire. You've got the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. You make the time, don't you? You make yeah, the time. No. Yeah, it's easy to do. You've got to yeah. make sacrifices. Yeah, mm, absolutely. Um, what? Well, while well, while well, well, we're on that, there, Barry, what 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 would what sacrifices would would you say you've personally made then throughout your your journey? Some of the main sacrifices.
1: What uh, you know, be it so- socially. Definitely, you mm-hmm. know, as you're growing up mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, being popular. um, You know, you're lucky if you're involved in sport. You're, you're popular by default almost, aren't you, if you're good at something? <laughs> yeah, you? yeah. So, all right. Like the
0: American jock type.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know. So I won't say I was unpopular, but I was very, you know, if you meet friends that I've still got today from school, uh, you know, so I'm, I guess I'm very loyal and I must have, you know, done a lot with them, but they knew that I wasn't going to be there lots of times, or I very quickly realized, yeah. you know, it might be, Barry, are you coming? Oh, I, I understand you're working, or yeah. oh, you're training, or that. Yeah. But if, if you ask me, you know, do I, you know, did I have any regrets? You're probably not giving more sacrifices, mm. you know. Yeah. I almost yeah. did try to please everybody. Well. Yeah. You can't, you know, one of the learning things for me was you can't please everybody, and if you've got the desire to be the best, yeah, then you've got to make even bigger, yeah. sacrifices and not yeah. feel guilty about it. Tried, you know, it's like the saying of, you know, what is it, master of none or something like that and I jack was, of
0: all trades, master of know,
1: none. I was trying to be friend of everybody,
0: yeah, yeah, didn't
1: quite achieve the ultimate in anything, maybe, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I can relate to that personally as well. I think, especially especially when, when you're growing up and in school, like your you, your group of friends might be, you know, they might want to go out on a certain night, and you just get kind of you just go along with the crowd sort of thing. And I think you you can easily look back at that now and think, oh, I should have, I should have stayed in and you know worked on myself a bit more. But you know, no no regrets really. We can't have regrets, I don't think. Um. We are we are here today because of because of what's happened. So, correct. I'm very
1: much about sliding doors type stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But It's like what would have happened. Well, yeah, I don't know. But let's make the most of today. You can't yeah. turn back time. It's like a mindset and one of my things you'll hear my mantra is 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 make every day count. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I've learned now. You know, yeah. don't get don't don't let status quo happen. Yes. Yeah. Do something every day. Yeah, correct. You know, you're in control of your destiny, and that's when you learn
0: about pleasing people. You know, you are in control. You make your decisions. Mm, definitely, mm. it's like we, we can't control what happens, but we can control how we react to it and what we do next, yeah. which is uh, very important. Very. Um, yeah. So let's talk about uh, Playdale Barry, uh, if we can, and just tell us about that how that came about and and why you got into that that position.
1: Okay, so um, I, I was at Technogym, and I, I did uh, four or five years there, and then I, I, I got the big, uh, one of my big learning points in life. I got, um, people talk about headhunters and stuff, don't they? sounds very grand. <laughs> someone ran me up and said, do you want to work for the best company in the UK? And I went, Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh, and we'll pay you the best in the UK. And I went, Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then uh, oh, and they said, Right, well, they don't want you. Right. Okay. Well, that really is a red rag right to a bull. And, uh, but you've got to prove yourself. And I went for six interviews, it's a six stage process. Mm-hmm. And I started to work for the Cordwell Group. And I don't know if you know John Cordwell, he owned Phones For You.
0: Okay, right? Uh,
1: yeah. Other yeah. companies, you know, Dextra, that provided the phones and the logistics. And yeah. And single point was the airtime provider. Mm. Anyway, long story short, we sold it in 2001 to uh, Vodafone, and he walked off with $1.8 and, uh and, and Vodafone wanted me to move me to South Wales. So, what I learned there, though, was how to manage and not manage people. So at Technogym, I had a small team. Uh, I went to the Cordwell Group. Mm. They were the most ruthless company in the UK. You had to wear a long service badge when you'd been there a year, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> a <business. laughs> um, which was great, you know, to get one. But, um, it you know, you saw some how people rule by fear and things like that. But I had 160 staff, you know, at points in that that period there. I... Uh, that was a baptism of fire, and I realised that I had to improve my management skills. Yeah, you know, educate yeah. myself. Yeah, and that's what I started yeah. to read. Mm. I've always read. I've always read since an A level teacher made us read the uh, Times every day about the history of sport and stuff like that. And again, I'm addicted to making sure I read the Times. Every it's only once a week now on a Sunday. <laughs> but um, but I step, he he made me starting to read, and you know. Tom Brown's school days back then or something like that. But Mm. I thought and then when I was, you know, in my early twenties, I started reading business books, of which now across just across from here, I've got like 250 books that Mm. I just read. No, not only a few pages every night because I'm knackered usually. But (laughs) uh, you know, but I, I I get through it. I'm not, you know, and and that's what started my development, if you like, of what I wanted to do next. Yeah. From there I went working for the Yale group, which was fantastic, which was Yellow Pages. Yeah. right? Which is a very big, obviously, you know, several um hundreds of millions of turnover group, established for several decades. Uh, very blue chip, very organized structured training. Mm. And I worked in their training department, sales training department. Um, and then up in Cheshire but I wanted to get back into leisure. So I was only there a year, I learned an awful lot. And uh, I got approached after a year saying, are you still interested in leisure? There's a family business, play company, based up in Cumbria. Hmm. I'm based down in Cheshire at that time. Hmm. I said, right, okay, what is it? It's, it's children's playground equipment. Well, it wasn't really on my radar that, you know, I want to be in the sports world and, yeah. you know, of this and uh anyway i started there and uh it was like i said it's a it's a a ninth generation family business i'm actually the first person outside of the family ever to run that business Mm. and um i know we i now own that business Mm. so um and i've taken it from being just in the uk we've quadrupled quadruple four hundred percent growth on the turnover, and we now take took it into fifty one countries in the last ten years. Yeah, nice. and uh, that's what got me there really. And mm. uh, I could tell you a hundred stories and, and
0: learning to being at Playdale, and I'll let mm. you ask. But that's how I got to Playdale. Yeah, but just just one thing that that kind of stands out there, Barry. Um, you, you said that, you know, the opportunity came up with with Playdale in the, the playground sort of industry and, and it wasn't something that you was personally interested in. So I'm just kind of interested in asking, like, do you, do you think that you have to be passionate about, like, the kind of industry that you're in or is it just the fact that you wanted to, you were passionate mm-hmm. about building the company rather than the actual industry itself? um
1: listen passion passion helps you have to be passionate about what you do mm-hmm. you have to be passionate about what you're involved with it be a pen or you know a, 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 you know a, a bolt and you know how can you be passionate about uh, you know screws but I know somebody yeah. who runs a, a fixing company and they are so passionate about what they do you know and I'm yeah. like you know it's a bolt and it's different size bolt <laughs> um, but you can't shut this guy up if you're on a call with him you know so passion helps you develop and it also i believe takes people with you because i mm-hmm. think you know i think it's about action oriented yeah. values and and leading by example's got to be one of your values but for me to join playdale my passion was i saw something and i knew what skills i had yeah, and more importantly, I think I saw weak opposition, which is from my background of like I can blow these away. These guys don't have structured processes. You know, we can take these guys from Division Four, and we'll be in the Premiership in five years. And <laughs> it took six years, but that's almost what we did. And I'm back to back promotions. Winning. I'm just passionate about winning every day. Everything's a competition with me, you know. Yeah, but yeah. It, uh, And I guess that's what really sold it to me. And they were decent individuals. You know, there was a lot of of care and love Mm -hmm. that had gone into the business up to that point. Yeah. It was real. It was transparent. It was honest. It was a family business. You know, you could feel it. So there was a warmth in it.
0: Yeah. That's that's really interesting because, Mm -hmm. um, like, personally, I – I own a, a window cleaning company, and I'm I'm very passionate about my my business. I, but the thing is, I'm not passionate about going to clean a window. I'm I'm passionate about helping people. So I think that's kind of similar to what you're saying there. It's a, it's a bigger bigger thing than the product. It's actually what what you're doing for the people. Well, uh, service,
1: and you can either just. Do it or you could do it in care. And I think that yeah. care allows it, is what where the growth will come from.
3: Yeah.
1: And yeah. doing stuff right and yeah. to a level of detail. And by default, it will it will happen. Yeah. So if you're not passionate, and you slap dash and, and you some days you let people down, guess what? You'll be mediocre at best. Yeah you're passionate and you care about this business and it is, this is my child and I'm going to make it happen. Mm. It'll be successful no matter what you do.
2: Yeah. 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 I try and, because I've got obviously um, staff members and I try and speak to them about uh, like just being, just caring about what you do. Like a a lot of staff, a lot of people uh, will get a job and it'll just be a job. Um, And I try and tell them if you care about it and you're passionate about it and you take a bit of time and love it, People will know when it's made right, other than, Mm. other than when it's made like you just you know pulled out out of a fridge. Like I own a coffee shop, so I know a a bad coffee from a good coffee. As stupid as it sounds, I've done it (laughs) 13 years now. I can walk into a place and go, "This is a bad coffee. I don't like it." Mm. But I'm trying to tell my staff, you've got to be passionate about what you do. You've got to love it, because if not, it's just a job. And people, Mm. customers will know that from from just even just customer service, the way you talk to people. Right.
1: And there's something that, you know, I've learned along the way is I now, or and I should say we, the team now, uh, uh, what we've created is the employee on attitude. Mm. You know, yeah. We, yeah. yeah, okay, we see CVs, we see skills and stuff, but I want to see the person in front of me, and I want people to care as much as, as what we do. Now, mm. you two are business owners, yeah? Mm you'll really struggle to find someone who cares as much. And that's what I'm saying about, you know, give people skin in the game. They'll they'll repay it, you know, and you're giving away some of that business. If they start to care about that business, you'll get a return on it. Yeah. and You can find the people with the right attitude that will, you know, come on board and buy into your plan. Mm. It will grow, but it, it, they're hard to find. And yeah, you, you, yeah. you need to lead by example to show them you care about them. And if you care about them, they see they start to care about your business even more because yeah. it's you the letting down as well. Yeah. Um, and then they start to enjoy it more, and I think it's a virtuous circle. Yeah. You know, I was I listened to Peter Moore's, and it's all about the brand that then comes to the passion. Listen to Peter Moore's. Peter Moore's, he's just. He's just finished, I think, hasn't he? Chief Exec at Liverpool. Yeah. and right, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he was talking about uh, employing Jurgen Klopp. And, I mean, Peter Morse, his background is phenomenal. If you can get him on this, you, you know. Yeah.
0: yeah. You can You can link us up, Barry, if you want. Uh,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll drop him a line for you if you like. <laughs> uh, He's moved back to the US, though, hasn't he? So, yeah. but, uh, nothing's impossible. We'll do it. But... Uh, <laughs> He worked for EA Sports. He worked for he started off at Reebok, EA Sports, and Mm. uh, Microsoft. He was at Xbox. He was in charge of Xbox. Anyway, so he understands brand, and he said he was talking about. He says we didn't employ Jürgen because as a good football manager. We employed Jürgen because He understands brand, and he's good for the brand. Yeah, Yeah. And he says, listen, he 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 uses brand right. And and if the brand is bigger, we sell more shirts, we sell more tickets, we sell more rights, we get big sponsorship. And and if we if we do that, we can buy better players. And if we can buy better players, we'll probably win more games. Mm-hmm. If we win more games, our brand is bigger, and it's this virtual circle. He says he just so happens to be a decent football manager. He <laughs> bought the brand. He says but when they won for the sixth time. You know, you didn't even talk about tactics, did you? In that 24 hours after, you didn't say, yeah, well, you know, we, 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 we went for them, we went down the left, we're, we're fed salad, we, we knew what we were doing. All they did was stand there and go, one, two, three, four, five, six. With a big smile, didn't you know, yeah. His teeth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's all people wanted to say. He's brand and people just love him mm. because it's the brand and he's now becoming brand Liverpool, isn't he? And yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll hopefully you know so for some success because it'll be a virtuous circle about what it brings
0: yeah that's yeah. it that's it well I think we're, we're both Liverpool fans uh, Craig as well aren't we mate so it's yeah, yeah. we we can relate to that Um, Klopp is just like you say it just like radiates that warmth and just su- such a personable sort of character isn't he and uh, that's what people naturally warm to as well you know the players will warm to that um, do you think that that can be the same in business terms as well, Barry? Is that how? 100%, 100%, yeah,
1: you know, people have got to respect you. You can be the best textbook leader in, in the world, mm-hmm. but if you're not real with people, and that doesn't mean you have to be like Clock, You don't have to be cuddly. You don't have to be, you know. You don't have to be, you know. Some people can't do that, but if you're real and transparent, mm-hmm. you know, honest. Uh, you know and say it from the heart mm. people will get it yeah. you know uh, and and i think in business then that that pays dividends it really does
2: yeah so um going back to uh, the start of playdale i want to go into and, and and just talk about you talked about like going from division four to the premiership and you did it in six years like what were the goals like were they the goals and and like what are the goals next If that makes sense,
1: yeah, no, the goals were we've we've got an opportunity to. We're at a tipping point. There's 60 companies, 6-0, do what we do in the UK: Mm -hmm. design, manufacture, install children's playground equipment Uh, in our association. There's probably about another 60 that, you know, are are backstreet, one-man bands that that do it as well and sell to local schools and unfortunately do a bad job. But Mm -hmm. the, uh, so it's hyper-competitive. So we had a choice of either growing and competing or, or dying away and we were about the 10th largest then when, when when I came along and uh and the aim was to become number 1 biggest manufacturer in the UK mm. and um, and we and we got up there to that position um after about 5 years so biggest UK based manufacturer mm. and then at that point our goals were probably we, um, I wouldn't say we got comfortable at that point because we were still ambitious and still wanting to grow, mm. but our goals were changed for us in the austerity hit, okay? So 2007 financial crisis, we were lucky. There was nearly, 200, well, there was £255 million of government money ring-fenced for three years, 9 mm. and 10. Mm. So I knew the world was going to come to an end for us and a bit of a cliff edge in 2011. And uh, people were forecasting that the UK market would fall by about 30%, free zero. Mm. Um, so, and, you know, I've got a team, we've got a trained team, we've got a developed team, we've done really well. We've got the machinery. We, we're in an area of the UK in Cumbria where there's not a, a skills shortage, there's a people shortage. Mm. You know, never mind the skills. You know, I've interviewed two shepherdesses for computer entry admin jobs. You know they were they were really good at counting, but they weren't very good at computers. You know, but they were. You know we 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 needed to keep these people, so it was like, well, do we resize and you know lose thirty percent of our staff and go again, or do we diversify? And at that point, I'd just finished um, the MBA, and I was reading the MBA text. You know, blue ocean strategies, uh, and we're operating in a red blooded ocean with everyone else at the moment. Where can I operate? Where? You know, the water's a bit less, you know, there's less sharks in it and it can swim more freely and and grow. And uh, so we did a load of brainstorming and can we make, you know, we make play equipment, we've got the machines, can we make sheds, you know, sell them to Kingfisher B&Q and can't get the margins, we're bringing it in from Asia for pennies and we just can't get there. So, well, we we beat the best in the world here and the UK market's the biggest in Europe, so... Mm -hmm. I guess that's why we're never forced to go anywhere else. But we beat the best, you know, in the UK, why can't we beat them everywhere else? So we made the decision in 2009, well, let's export. So I looked around the room and said, well, who's going to head this up? And said, well, I only do 80 hours a week, so uh, why don't I do it? And uh, let's go and export. And so how do we do that? And I've got, well, I've got no idea. And uh, that was the biggest learning journey of, of my life so far. Uh, and that's when this last 10 year journey really started. And I went on a course. I, I Googled it, you know, all the search engines are yeah. out there. but I Googled it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it came back. I think it was Business Link or something like that. And it went UKTI, UK Trade and Investment. And I went on a course for a weekend and down in Liverpool. and. Came back with about 10 or 12 actions and uh, said, Right, went back to my board team that we developed and said, Right, we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to change the, the equipment. And they all looked at me like I had two heads and, you know, it was like, But well, we haven't got any orders. What do you mean? You know, in China they need this or in Belgium they need this. And, and, uh, and I'm obsessed with actions. So that same sheet still exists today from those 12. There's over 700 actions on it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, years on, went up to twelve years on, mm-hmm. and uh, and we started our journey on, on how how to learn how to export. And by 2013, we were in. We set a goal of being in six new countries every year, mm. which um, was a little naive at the front end because um, mm-hmm. then realised it was two a, a new country every two months. Mm. And you get a distributor in a country. It means me flying to a country, spending a week in a country, meeting potential distributors, mm. meeting local authorities, municipalities as they call, meeting uh, landscape architects, uh, meeting uh, principals of schools. Get a mm. feel of that market to try to get that ten thousand hours in a week type thing. Mm. And um, and then we come away and we have questionnaires that we give to the distributors. We decide who we would like to work with. They'd like to work with us. We invite them back to the UK, spend a couple of days with them in the UK, showing them around Playdale, showing who we are, really looking after them, showing around the beautiful Lake District. You know, but um, they do that under their own steam. We don't pay for it. You know, they come and because they're showing their desire to be involved. And then we choose someone, negotiate a contract, fly back out there. Spend a couple of days with them doing training, giving them samples and and setting them up, and away they go. And we said we'd do one every two months. And you know what? We've done it. You know, and I visited 60 countries in the last 10 years. I've done over 600 flights in the cheapest seats in economy. You know, I'm six foot, two, six foot stone, you know, I'm on the back, usually freezing. And, And I've lived out of a suitcase for over two years of my life by doing it. But it was this desire and passion to make this happen. And we're now a global brand in the industry for you know, people not knowing it.
3: Yeah.
1: So that goal was, was forced upon us. But we could have just done it and survived, but I wanted to make sure we survived and survived, you know, and mm. became a, a, a world leader in it.
0: Oh, is that yours, Bill? Yeah, the dog's in uh, <laughs> a bit of a hitty in the back. Sorry about that, Barry.
1: That's
0: all right. Um yeah, so that I think I think just from listening to you, Barry, we, we obviously get the idea that once once you once you set a target, there's there's not nothing's gonna stop you by the sounds of it. Um so I mean obviously we all come we all come across the setbacks in his life. I mean, what how, how do you approach a setback then? What what kind of process do you go through when, when something comes in your way?
1: Okay, so You've, you've, you've hit on something that I am very focused on doing something, but what I've learned along the way is, and the terminology I use now and what I spread to team, and I do a lot of mentoring with people, and I work for quite a few different organisations, don't I? And I talk about fail fast, you yeah. know, and yeah. learning to fail fast uh, and and recognising that you're not good at something or it's not the right for you and not sticking there even um, have said the things I've done wrong. Now, what do I do when I, when I fail or when I'm in crisis? Well, I've lost. So from the age of seven, probably before. But you know, at the age of seven, I lost more races than I'd won. You know, if you if you listen to someone like Jordan, you know, he's he's missed how many shots? Or Nine
0: thousand, yeah. Yeah. You know, and he <laughs> yeah. was
1: gonna make the last throw of a game and all that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually saw him play in 1991. I was on a Hannibal. Did a- you? In Chicago. Yeah. Up- oh, wow, nice. Amazing. But anyway, I've, I've lost more times, and that resilience is built into you. Mm-hmm. And yes, maybe when I was eight, I probably shed a tear, you know. And when I was 14, I probably was probably really moody, you know. But you learn that. And then in business, it's the same do everything, cover every single base. And if you've done everything right, then, you know, maybe it wasn't worth winning. But if you can honestly say you've done everything, then you know what? you lost. And, and, and the more you lose, the more you, you get used to it. You, don't, you should never come complacent about it. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, okay, so what? I lost. You know, I want people to be bad losers.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, I, I don't want a good loser on my team. <laughs> because they won't have the desire to win, you know. It's like, I, I want to see some passion around it, but it's learning it, it's mentalizing it and going, right, that's what's happened. Let's assess it. Let's dust ourselves off. Yeah. Different people handle that in different ways. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure you know, sport or business. You know, some people might have to escape for a day, the next day and go on, you know, a 20-mile hike and come back refreshed some people can go through the door and they're okay. You know, it's, uh, but it's about analyzing it, carpentalizing it, as I say, and then, and then moving forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get excited about your next goal. Yeah. You know, I've learned from that. I've enjoyed learning from that. Mm. I hated not achieving, but I've enjoyed learning from it. Yeah. I think that takes time to, to, to learn, and they're the things I've learned. You know, I'm 46 now. Yeah. Things like that have probably come in the last 10 to 15 years. I'm yeah. actually realizing I enjoy learning from not achieving.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. It's uh yeah. a, it's a, it's. A, I think it's a massive one. Is we have a, a good saying. Me and Alex, it's um, you don't you don't ever lose, you learn, and um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I think. I think losing can help you. It helps you. I always say it helps you more than winning does. Because as much as winning's nice, it, once you've lost something, you know how uh, you can you can get it in your head and take action and go. You know what? Next time, it's gonna be flipping. I'm not ever losing again. Basically, that's how I say it anyway.
1: Yeah, you've got to know what an error is to know yeah. what the right is.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And it's like that didn't feel right. You know, go back to. You know, a a John, basketball training, you know, you you know, don't you, when you when you release that ball for a, a three point, you know when it's go, you know it's going in. Yeah. you know, you guys at your football, when you hit that ball sweet. Yeah. Yeah. You mm. you, you, you know before it's hit the back of the net.
0: Yeah, the moment yeah. it leaves your foot, yeah. You know, it's, it's in,
1: isn't it? I, I you know what great feels like, but you've got to have done, I don't know how many thousands of kicking it and going, uh that
4: he
0: quite go right, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Right. But you always know what right feels because of those errors. Mm. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah brilliant. Um, so for for all of your efforts, uh, Barry, you've you've actually been been awarded the the MBE. Then, so just tell us about how how that came about and and how it made you feel, basically.
1: Um, I. Uh, well, it came about for so from two thousand and and twelve ish. I uh, I've done an awful lot for Department of International Trade UKTI as it was, mm. so Foreign and Commonwealth Office. And uh, I, I'm, I'm very much about helping others. I believe in a virtuous circle. You know, mm. doing this, I'm hoping somebody will pick one tiny thing out of it. They listen to it, and it helps them. You know, I yeah. other people to do that, you know. But I'm very much about well, people have helped me yeah. and, and I can you know I can list the people that you know really changed your life and helped you. And I just I believe in, in giving back. So when someone asks me for help, I don't just say I'm gonna do it, I do it. So for DIT I probably spoke to you know hundreds of companies to help them on their export journey. And not only spoke to them, I shared my export plans and I've helped them with export plans and I'll, I'll stay up till midnight doing it and I've presented in the hundreds of times now to you know tens of twenties of companies and, mm. and all of that anyway. And then they obviously recognised that over a five, six year period and the Foreign and Commonwealth Office nominated me for, for, for an MBE of my efforts and, and helped write the UK export strategy. And, and it, was a, it, was a, it was a major surprise and it's a, it's a very humbling moment you know a, mm. a working class guy that just wants to do well you know and it, it, it's amazing it's very special for you know people like your parents and, and stuff like that but it, it was more special for them and it's a bit surreal and I really struggled with it for the first couple of years mm. that I've been awarded an MBE and I was mm. I wouldn't say embarrassed is that embarrassed is the wrong word but awkward around it yeah you know and you know it's coming up to it's three and a half years now and uh you get the imposter syndrome Mm, you know and it's like you know what you know should i shouldn't i and and therefore it's driven me more to give back even more and if you look me up you know you'll see i do an awful lot of pro bono work for different organizations because i enjoy helping others and I enjoy giving back. So, yeah, it's a great moment, something to be very proud of. It's with me for forever, isn't it? Yeah. uh, I feel very lucky to have done it. And there's lots of other people out there that, you know, just as worthy. And I hope they get recognized at
0: some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think you're just saying there, at the end of the day, it's just, I mean, it's just a couple of letters after your name, but you have you've done it for a genuine sort of from a genuine place where you, you just want to help people um but rightly so you have been awarded for that so um like I say the, the imposter syndrome that, that's another one we've we've spoke to um a pretty famous like film writer from from hollywood and he and he talks about um a time he got taken up to the to the oscars he got nominated for an oscar and it just kind of had that moment where he thought, I, "I don't belong here." You know, he come from he come from a working class background as well. Um But I think he's come to. I think do you, do you come to terms with accepting that it, you should be there, basically? Um, yeah, you know, I've been I've been
1: lucky enough to go to garden before that. I've been to the garden parties at Buckingham Palace. You know, and I'm like cleaning clearing my plate, You know, and I'll take. <laughs> I don't think you should lose that. You know, I think that's great. I go, to, you know, I'm lucky enough I, because of what I've done and who I work with. I, I'm very, very well networked, and that's you know one recommendation I'd, I'd give anyone listening is is get out there and network. And I'll tell you something about this in, in a little while. You know, it, it doesn't come easy to me, but put yourself out there. And 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 I'm in the room with some, you know, supposedly important. Influential individuals mm. and, and for all the money in the world, I wouldn't want to be like them, you know, because yeah. I've experienced you know really rude, arrogant individuals mm. Mm. I've experienced some amazing, some fantastic inf- people that you know very inspirational and yeah wow, but uh, yeah the, it, it doesn't change anything for you. it doesn't give yeah. you anything. I can get married in St. Paul's Cathedral, but I'm already married, so I can't do that. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, it's – so I, I think I've got used to it. I don't mind talking about it now. Yeah. Um, and I hope it inspires other people, I guess, is what I've got used to. It is people going, wow, you've got that. And I'm going, well, we've hard work. I did this. I've developed probably, I don't know, hundreds of millions of pounds of export for the UK government. And, it, and someone's recognised that then. Yeah. You can do that, you know, and that's why I try to talk about, you know, my dad was a miner, and anyone can do it, guys. And and hopefully it'll inspire people to get on with it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, just, just by listening, I mean, we've been going 50 minutes now. I think just by listening to what you, how you talk about just business and your life and the passion, you can sense that you, you know, you, you, you pretty much deserve it and um and just even just the case of like you just said um, oh, from a working class family like you can tell you're not one of those people you'll talk to and it'd be like i'll just brush you off to the side it's kind of like you know oh, i'll I'll help you as much as you want you know you you could be earning millions and it's like i'll help you as much as you want mm-hmm. to get to where you want to be and it, mm-hmm. it, you know it just comes across as that speaking to you now um so yeah, um, I mean, yeah. well done on getting an MBE as well. That's, you know, an achievement in itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a great, great trait, that. Is. I, I, think, I think what I want to know is what are your daily habits? So in terms of, like, you know, since you've been seven, you know, you go back to being seven years old, starting running, have you, have you kept any daily habits from then or have they changed to what they are now in terms of setting goals or just, uh, you know?
1: I, I always have... Um, short and long term goals. I always have a a, a, a things to do task list uh, on, on the go. I'm obsessed with achieving stuff. So one of my habits is I won't go to bed until I've done everything on that list that day. You no, know, I don't go. Oh, well, I'll leave that tomorrow. Like, yeah. You know, and that's that's ingrained in me. You know, it's mm. uh, make it happen today. Don't put it off yeah. till tomorrow. Yeah. And, and then one of the other habits, and I, this is my mantra. And I was lucky to meet a guy a few years ago, and he talked to me about my purpose, and that really helped me, you know. Mm. And he says, "So what's your purpose?" And I sat there for a few minutes and came out with something, and he he ripped me apart and said, "You know that's bullshit." Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> purpose, you know? And I'm like, "No, that's bullshit." What is your purpose, you know? And that's when I came out with it took me, you know, a few weeks and different iterations of it and what the attributes were, and, you know, and I want to be remembered as a great business leader that helped others achieve great things. Yeah. You know, I want to be respected for that. And, and obviously I want to be a great father and, and, and all of those things are in there, but around business. And uh, so my, my habit is make every day count. And I want to keep it really simple. Yeah. and People go, what do you mean by that? I'm like, I don't want you to have status quo. You know, I don't want you to go out and do the same round on on the window cleaning without that day doing something to better yourself or better your business. Yeah. What do I mean by that? Well, better yourself. You may have got fitter and leaner. But you're pretty mm. fit, lads anyway. You know, it was you know, mm. it, 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 or I've read a book. I, I you know, I've read half a chapter of a book. I've Im- improved myself there. Yeah. Or I've sent out X amount of um, New inquiries to, to take over a new round, or you know, mm-hmm. I've at getting another premises for me, expand my coffee shop. Every day, there has to be something that's making you move forward. It's yeah. very easy to get lost in the day to day, you know. Because what you done today, oh, it's been a manic day today, I've done 500 covers, you know, or oh, it's been mental dirt. I'd be like, no, what have you done today that has moved you forward? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you mean oh did you read did you read an article? Did you listen to a podcast on your way in this morning? Yeah. you know did you get that extra session in the gym so then you're healthier, fitter, stronger? And that is something I believe in Wellness is definitely yeah. part of you know my life and mm. you know I'm proud of what I did here, you know a couple of years ago, it's two years ago now I took part in a a, a charity. Uh, boxing event. I'm going uh, to
0: mention this to you, Barry, because I've done one as well. Right, right. well <laughs> I've never boxed in my life, and uh, yeah. I don't
1: know if you've seen my video, but uh, I, I obviously got obsessed by it that I couldn't lose mm. when I found out I was fighting a guy that was a ninth-down black belt and being on TV <laughs> fighting a few people. But maybe I've got an issue here. But, uh, anyway, but it, it's about health as well. But that was, to me, that was bettering myself because – I lost two stone doing it. Yeah. That's mm. probably the fittest I've been for 20 years. Yeah. And guess what? One of my short-term goals is now New Year's resolution, and it's a real one, you know? I'll weigh myself virtually every day. You know, I'm going to lose two stone again because that was two years ago, and I've put two stone back on. Yeah. So those habits are always very front to me, a little yeah. bit
0: obsessive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, just just talking about a bit more about the um, the white collar boxing then, because obviously I I did it myself, Barry, and you can probably a, a, agree with me that you might you might think you know what getting punched in the face feels like, but until you actually get punched in the face, it's a bit like <laughs> it's a bit of a it was definitely a shock to me. Anyway, um, I, I'm guessing you you went on to beat this ninth. Nine for uh, for damn black belt one. I'll uh, I'll let you
1: I'll let you watch the video. Not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take you very long, but uh, yeah, well, there's there's a famous there's there's two famous sayings, isn't there? There's um, Stormy Norman, the American general who went into you know went into Iraq in the nineties. You know he says uh, there's a everybody has a strategy. Until the first engagement, or everyone has a plan until the first engagement with the enemy. And then yeah. the plan, you know, you've got to be able to strategize on your feet and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. You know, it, I, you can take that into business. And Tyson said, Mike you know, Tyson, yeah. A plan until someone smacks you on the end of the nose. Yeah. You know, I had, guys, I got obsessed by it. I, mm-hmm. I joined three different boxing gyms. Yeah. I was there at 5 a.m. in the morning doing classes and training because I had to because of work commitments. Yeah, you know, um, I, I realised I have been punched on the nose because I played rugby and not football. So you know, I, <laughs> it's you know, I, I, I guess that's what they said to me in the first sessions because all the lads were younger than us. They were all all ripped. They were all you know. I used to be a cage fighter. I think was the common saying, but <laughs> uh, they were all you know. They, they were all um, very well very wealthy, a lot of them, uh, from the finance world, from Manchester. It was called Manchester Business Heavyweights. Right. Um, you know, we had now 600 people watch. Yeah. And we raised £150,000. You know, it was, people, people took it very, very serious, and I, I obviously did. And when I found out I had been paired against, which only happened about, I don't know, a month before. Yeah. But um, I, it doesn't matter who I got, I, was, I don't know, there was 30 of us that started and there was, um, 12 of us chose to fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you learn a lot about yourself in that training. Yeah. Because, you know, I was broke and I remember being put in the ring after about two months, never sparred in my life with a lad who is a slugger that was 15 years younger than me, yeah. who, who knocked seven bells out of me on a Friday night. The night before I was going on holiday, I'd never mm-hmm. sparred before. My mm-hmm. nose is everywhere. There's blood all over me. The guy's going, you're not hurt, get back in. You know, I couldn't breathe. You couldn't suck it up. You work out what resilience is. Yeah. Yeah. But I went on holiday. My wife wasn't best pleased. that was turning up with two black eyes. But, um, you know, but I trained every day on holiday in the gym because I'm mm-hmm. like, and I, you know, I realized how slow I was and, and stuff like that. But... Yeah. Um, you, you learn tactics, and I can tell you now that this guy hit me the first punch of the fight. I had the strategy for three rounds. He caught me in his very first punch. The plan went out the window. The blood went to my legs, fight or flight, adrenaline. I don't think I threw a punch. felt like forever, all right, but it was probably two, three seconds. And then... This planning and training goes into overdrive in your head. If you watch it, I'm frowning like I usually am. All yeah. right, and uh, you'll see me working round the wing uh, ring, and I'm going jab, 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 and then he's jabbing me, and, and then it goes right. Okay, I'm back in the motion now. Then it's like catch the jab. You get taught, don't you, cat? You know, yeah. Catch yeah. His jab, and then you get taught catch his jab, moving away, catch his jab, moving away. So unfortunately for him, I after about. 40 seconds and it's never happened before and supposedly it can't happen with 16 ounce gloves but after about 30 odd seconds I I get it into my head of catching the jab moving it away and I shut my eyes and hit him as hard as I could and uh, unfortunately I went to hospital and he had to spend the night (laughs) uh, being monitored but but, if you ever watch the the full five minute video that's on YouTube it's um, the guy says well thanks for that Barry it was the guy out of Phoenix Nights." So it was fantastic. Andy Burnham um, was, brought us into the ring. Robbie nice. Reed, ex-world champion, was the referee in the ring with me. Yeah. And uh, there was a guy from Phoenix Knight, I mean, one of the last Phoenix he says, uh, well, thank you for that, Barry. We were running 10 minutes behind, but we're about bang on time now. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you learn a lot from the process, and I've got an yeah. awful lot of respect. I was never into boxing before that. Mm. you know but you know people like fury and stuff got a lot of respect the dream of saying i know about technique now Mm. but Mm. speed and physical agility yeah their mental toughness Mm. yeah
0: absolutely yeah Yeah, i feel the same until you go through it yourself you don't know what they're experiencing so it's it's like yeah I have massive respect for them guys now.
1: Well you then take that into business, you know, and resilience. Yeah. yeah. You know, not being beat up by people. You know, it's it's how to come back, it's how to mm. keep moving forward when you've been punched on the nose. Yeah. 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 But it's like in your business world. Mm. You know, this is like it's like in COVID. It's about just keep moving forward.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, this, this last two weeks, I think I've been punched in the face every single day with uh, COVID and hospitality
1: restrictions. And it isn't, it'll hurt like hell, I imagine. Yeah. Things,
2: yeah. you know,
1: at times it's probably made your eyes water. But you've got to regroup, mm-hmm. keep moving forward, don't hit the deck, you know, get knocked down six times, get up seven, what Ali said, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. just keep getting up and you'll be the winner. Yeah. There I think go, there's
2: bro. um I know, yeah. Um we we spoke to uh a guy, um the actually one of the latest episodes, Lou Cambler, and he's just started a new challenge, the 75 Days Challenge. If you're um if you're looking for something to do, that is a that is a challenge. So you know, <laughs> seventy-five days strict, straight. Don't literally. tell Barry
0: that. Don't tell Barry that. Don't yeah, I think I <laughs> think it'll be right
2: up your street that, you know, very good, very good stuff. Um if you want to, if you want to look into that, we can try and send you over some sort of plan. I think or whatever it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that's you know. I think I don't know about you, Alex, but that is. Uh, I think I've pretty much got my fill for today. That is a, a very very good chat. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, for for
0: the purposes of, of the podcast, I mean, we could probably do a, another episode completely with, with Barry. Um, But if we can just kind of start to wrap it up, we've just got a few questions that we're finished with. Um, So if you can give us a fact about yourself that most people won't know, if you can.
1: Okay. I'm incredibly shy. Right. Okay. I've done over 600 flights now and Mm -hmm. I've never spoken to the person next to me. And it's not because I'm arrogant, is I don't really do small talk. Yeah being what I've done and the same in business I've presented to 3,000 people in auditoriums and being on stage and people get off and go wow you killed it mm-hmm. right but um, it's because I've kept stretching the envelope or yeah. you, know, and, you know if you keep doing it you eventually you know it doesn't come back and mm-hmm. I guess I've put myself out of my comfort zone enough times but yeah, uh, yeah but by choice um. I, you know i don't speak to people in lifts where my wife makes friends in lifts <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. i hate i hate being in lifts yeah well i'm not best but uh a lot a lot of people don't don't believe me when i say it but yeah mm-hmm. so right. there's
0: yeah. not wrong with that small talk's a load of crap anyway isn't it so it's it's pointless you just get straight to the good stuff that's what it's all about mm-hmm.
2: I think that's why I've got about a million friends I talk to anyone and anyone yeah I do I do too
1: (laughs) I I admire that and I look at people like that you know my wife generally makes friends in a lift on the first day of holiday Um, how did you do that you know it it baffles me and I'm you know it's a skill that I'm I'm jealous of but I just yeah I I can't do it
2: Um, so yeah uh next question is if you had the power to invite anyone into this interview, can be dead, alive, or or whatever, who would you choose and why?
1: Um listen, I, I look up to a lot of um business people, you know, the the, the branches of this world and and their you know their, their audacity to try it and do it and I've got some great friends now in business that really inspire me, be it you know big names or or little names. Mm. But um, I think it'd have to be a sporting great because I get, yeah, it, it, you know what makes your hairs at the back of your neck stand up. Yeah. Someone, you know, Muhammad Ali or
3: yeah,
1: uh, and who mm. would just inspire me and egg me on and yeah, 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 a little bit and say. Oh, no, you do it, and push back and stand up to me, and yeah, I, uh, yeah. I was very lucky in the training, the white collar boxing. There's a guy called Jeff Thompson, and Jeff's mm-hmm. someone that you might want to look up. He's Manchester based. Jeff was a world karate champion times. Mm-hmm. He was a gold medalist in. Uh, or 1980 Olympics something like that he's done about going to the Tokyo Olympics age 60 something and doing karate again so he came and started with <laughs> me his son was a boxer in Muhammad Ali's um, boxing training camp in Louisville Kentucky nice. and he brought his son to the boxing club in Salford and he got in the ring and sparred me and just kept on hitting me on the nose and but people like that inspire me you know people that have done it yeah, yeah. you know I've really done it. It's yeah,
0: yeah, hairs at the back of your neck, you know. Like, mm. Yeah, of- definitely. Yeah, I would love love to have a chat with with Muhammad. Uh, that'd be great. Yeah. So, <laughs> mm. um, yeah. So, just just to finish on then, uh, Barry. Just to finish on a high note, you know, to anyone that's looking at really starting the journey or m- making that leap to you know becoming a business owner or what what kind of Final advice? Would you would you have for someone?
1: Okay, I think it's in a few phases. Plan, mm. but don't get stuck at a plan. Mm. You know, Nike have got it great, haven't they? Just do it. Just do no. it, yeah. I'd love everyone just to do it, but mm-hmm. that will help you fail fast. There has to be a plan. There has to be actions. There has to be, you know, there has to be a journey out there that has then has to adapt. You go back to this. You know that you'll get curveballs. You'll get global pandemics. You'll have to adapt, but Mm. have a plan that you can measure and not get complacent against. This is where I want to be, and I'm by X, and then evaluate it and just keep evaluating it. Yeah. When I say evaluate, I usually mean know your numbers. So Mm. plan, then just do it. Get boots on the ground. Action. You know, and if you fail, so what? Dust yourself off and go again. You probably didn't plan enough, it means. or didn't train enough or didn't think it through enough, but learn from it and go again. You know, you have to go and get another job for a year and save some more money. up. Go again, but plan in that six months. Don't just... And then once you're doing it, just keep evaluating it and think about your competition. Be obsessed with winning. Because if you're obsessed with it, you will make things happen. You yeah. know, I'm a believer in the secret. I don't know if you've read the secret.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Rhonda Byrne. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yep. if you think it and you believe
1: it, you will put things in place subconsciously to mm. make
0: things happen.
1: Yeah. You know, that's been about being obsessed with it. So. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Yeah. That's perfect way to, to wrap it up there, Barry. It's a, uh, I've got to say, I'm just going to put it out there, but I think that's probably been one of my favourite conversations today. that one.
2: Yeah, it's been, a, yeah <laughs> it's been
0: a good one. So cheers, yeah. Barry.
1: Thank you. You've been, and you know what? You've been my favourite one of today.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. O- only one then, I'm guessing. No, I've had
1: hundreds, but it's usually being around issues and problems. <laughs> so, uh, <Yeah. laughs> so at the end of the day, and it's nice to have a conversation with people that obviously want to do good and- and help yeah. and you can see the passion in what yeah. you want to achieve as well, lads. And I wish you all the luck, I really do.
0: Yeah. I Appreciate your your time, Barry, and, and we wish you wish you all the luck as well going forward with, with your with your journey. Yes, and um I'm sure Bill, if you're ever stopping by in Halifax Barry call for a coffee at, at Billy's place. Yes. No, I'm you not know, no, I'm going to
1: pleck Halifax as I used to say. Because, uh, <laughs> That way, and uh, yeah, no, <laughs> if people need to get hold of me, they can get me on Twitter, yeah. or you know, LinkedIn, you know, or email mm. me. You know, there's yeah. only it sounds arrogant to say there's only one Barry Lee Hay, but it's probably <laughs> <interesting. laughs> Barry, so you can find me quite easy. You know, yeah. Lee Hay is L E A H E Y. I'm yeah. the one that needs any help who's listening to this, just give me a shout, and you'll always get a reply that
0: yeah 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 i can i can vouch for that you come straight back to us right brilliant barry yeah again thank you mate and yeah best of luck with your future and we'll we'll catch up soon okay guys
1: take care take care mate
0: cheers thanks for listening to another inspiring self-made story and we hope you enjoyed the show we would be very grateful if
1: you could kindly leave us a review as it will help us impact a wider audience you can do this on itunes apple podcasts and spotify if you want to reach out on the socials find us across all platforms using at the self-made Minds podcast see you next time and happy success making